Hi there, welcome to the Causeway Coast Vineyard podcast. We are a church who are passionate about seeing the transformation of individuals and institutions in our city through the generations to see all things new in our community. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Um, to Causeway Coast Vineyard. Um, my name is Joel, as, as Tori said. I'm part of the family here. Uh, and if this is your first time with us this morning, can I just extend uh, a special welcome to you. Here at Causeway Coast Vineyard, we're just a family learning what it looks like to follow Jesus. And we're just learning what that looks like in the context of our everyday lives, exploring what it looks like to bring hope, to bring the life, to bring the presence of Jesus into our everyday worlds. And you are so welcome to join us on that journey. As Neil said just a moment ago, or Tori said just a moment ago, we're in the middle of a conversation called Closing This Space Between Us, where we have been exploring the direction in which the Spirit of God is moving. And we've discovered that He is moving us and our communities from isolation into the context of connection and into family. That is the direction in which he is traveling. And we are learning what it looks like to partner with him on that process, on that journey of inviting everyone, every day, everywhere on this journey towards connection and towards family. And it's been good fun. As you may have been with us last week, Neil, who is my boss, Neil, you did a fantastic job last week. And just any point throughout this morning, you need a wee cup of tea, just, just let me only joking, I'm only joking. So Neil last week kind of dived into the very beginning of the Bible, right in a garden called Eden that you may have heard of, and Eden simply meant paradise. And in that garden, we are given this insight or this glimpse into the undiminished nature and character and intention of God for and with humanity. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in perfect connection, forming creation in the context of connection so that they could just be in connection with Him. It's this beautiful picture. We see the heavens being formed. We see the earth being formed. We see land, sea, and animals all being formed in the context of connection with their Creator. And then the creation story finally comes to the climax when the first human being is formed. It's found in Genesis 2 7. If you have a Bible with us, we're literally going to, if you have a Bible with you this morning, we're going to be in Genesis 2 and 3 throughout all of this morning. So there's no need to um, flick through. It's really easy to find. It's like page one and two. So um, I find that one easy to find. So Genesis 2 7, we read that then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. What an image. God breathing life into the first human beings. Now, I want us to think this morning, how close do you need to be in order to breathe into someone's nostrils? That's really close, isn't it? Yeah, like even pre-COVID, like that was well, well within the personal space bubble. You have to be really close, don't you? And I don't know about about you, but when when I read that afresh this week, that image kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. This idea of 
of connection being that intimate, this idea of connection being that close makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. And let's try it. Why don't you turn to your neighbor, breathe into their nose? I'm just kidding. Yeah, it would, get, it would get really uncomfortable. Why would it get really uncomfortable? Because we know that level of connection is reserved for the most intimate relationships in our lives, right? Like that's the level of connection that a parent has with their child. That's the level of connection that a husband shares with their wife. Like it's a really intimate picture of connection and right there at the beginning of the story we see God's desire for connection with you and I. One of intimacy, one of nearness, one of closeness. And God chose connection with his creation. Rather than separating himself somewhere way off in the heavens, he decided to come that close. He decided to live that close with his creation. A connected God created a connected people. And then as we follow the story, we see that God's intention for extension in connection, sorry, that was a lot of rhyming, God's intention for extension then came. We read this in Genesis 1.28, God blessed them, humanity, and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Like we can't really get more, much more expansive than fill the earth. That even includes McGilligan. Like that's expansive, isn't it? Oh, we're gonna switch to this mic, thank you. Expansive, isn't it? Like fill the earth. God forms humanity in this perfect connection and then invites them to extend that connection across the face of the earth. It was never supposed to be reserved to me and God. It was to be extended across every environment, every room, every context, every space. Now, I wanna, wanna do a quick geography lesson with us this morning because I did two years of A-level geography and I don't wanna waste it. Do you, do you know the Dead Sea? Like the Dead Sea, somewhere east of here. <laughs> so it's good geography, somewhere east of here. <laughs> the Dead Sea. Um, do you know why the Dead Sea is dead? Yeah, there's nothing lives in it. And the reason that the Dead Sea is dead, the reason that the Dead Sea is incapable of facilitating life is because it has inlets, but it has no outlets. It has water flowing in, and it has no water flowing out. And what happens is that the only way out is evaporation, and it leaves all this, you see all these people in their holidays just floating in the water, and it's really salty, and it's incapable of facilitating life because it has inlets, and it has no outlets. And what we see in the garden is God putting that same nature, that law of nature in place for those early human beings. I am your inlet, I am your connection, but that connection was to be extended across the face of the earth. And we're gonna discover what happens when there is no outlet in just a moment. We're gonna discover what happens when there is only inlet and no outlet. And so we see God in the garden and this perfect picture of connection this perfect picture of abundance, what could go wrong? We're gonna dive into Genesis three and we're going to discover that although God set humanity up to win, like significantly set them up to win, we see that humanity chose something alternative than the connection and the abundance that God had for them. And they chose something alternative, 
something less. So if you have a Bible, why don't you turn to Genesis 3. We pick up the story. We're introduced to a snake and a tree. So stay with me, and we'll discover what that means in just a moment. Verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And also, good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate, he ate it also. Now, what has a snake and a tree got to do with connection? <laughs> Why would God tell those first human beings not to consume from this one tree in the middle of the garden? What would be the consequences if they were to go against the intention of God, which was that they wouldn't consume from this tree? So what would take place if they did consume from this tree? We hear that the, the first woman, she, she tells us why, but we, we, we have a real clear picture of why in the previous chapter. Genesis 2, 16, 17. You're free to eat from any tree in the garden. This is God speaking to those human beings. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good, of, good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. God's saying in this moment very clearly, <laughs> if you choose to consume from this tree, if you choose consumption in this moment where you go against my intention, where you go against my desire, there will be a consequence and the consequence will be death. It's pretty serious. <laughs> Now, what, what we got to see is that in that garden, death was an alien experience. No one had experienced death yet. Like, they, remember, they were created in this perfect connection with their creator, and they were created to live in perfect connection with one another, extending that connection across the face of the earth. And so they had no reference point for death. And so what would death do? Death would introduce disconnection to the story. Death would usher in separation to the story of a connected God with a connected people. And that's not what God intended. That's not what God designed us for. It's why when we experience death, and I'm I have no doubt that all of us, to some degree in this room, have had an experience of death. It's an experience that we are just incapable of processing without the presence of God. Because it's not something we've been designed to process. It's not something that God intended in his original design, in his original intention. For that was that we would live eternally in this perfect connection, in this perfect relationship with him and with one another. And as you can probably see, death significantly interrupts that process. But don't worry. God has a plan for death. 
And we're going to unpack that a little bit more in just a moment. And that gets me really excited. But in choosing, so in choosing to eat from this tree, in choosing consumption, it led to disconnection. Disconnection from God through their disobedience and disconnection from one another through death. Choosing to eat from the tree that God had invited them not to eat from was the pathway that led them to disconnection from God and one another. In this one act, they said, God, we reject your intention. We reject, <laughs> we reject you as first in our lives. And we choose our own way. We choose our own path. And in that one act, they dethroned God from the center of their lives and replaced it with self. That is an act, that is a story that has echoed again and again and again and again through the hallway of history. If we had time this morning, and I would love to have time to do this this morning, but if we were to walk through the Old Testament of the Bible, we would see again and again how God's people continually choose separation through consumption. Whether it's families, whether it's tribes, whether it's peoples, whether it's nations, whether it's kingdoms, again and again, they choose self. They choose consumption. They choose their own way and in that process, introduce disconnection again and again to the story. So let's go back into our Genesis 3 story and let's follow and see what unfolds as a result of those first human beings consuming that fruit. So Genesis 3 verses 7 and 8. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. That is the first sign of separation. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Do we see the separation that's beginning to take place straight away? Do we see how disconnection has entered the story? We see disconnection from one another as they sewed fig leaves together to hide their nakedness, to hide their vulnerability from one another. And so they formed the fig leaves so that they would be separated from each other. Disconnection from God as they run and as they attempt to hide themselves from his presence among the trees in the garden. As I, as I read that passage afresh this week, I was so struck by how similar my reaction how similar our reaction, if you join me, is to those early human beings. The first thing we see them do is they hide and divide themselves with clothing. And not to read too far into that, but how often do we hide, do we divide, do we separate ourselves from those around us by the things that we purchase, the clothes that we own, the homes that we live in, the cars that we drive? In this attempt, just as those early humans being, human beings did, in an attempt to hide their vulnerability, in an attempt to hide their emptiness, in an attempt to hide their nakedness from one another, they covered themselves so that they could form separation from the human beings that surrounded them. I do that more than I care to admit. 
I gather around the people that look like me. I gather around the people who think like me. I gather around the people who purchase similar to me because it makes me feel comfortable. It makes me feel safe. It makes me feel affirmed. Or the second thing that we, we see those early human beings do is we see them hide among the trees in the garden. What was their job in the garden? They were gardeners. They were farmers. Their job was to bring forth fruit from those trees. Their job was to bring forth beauty from those trees. And what they're doing in this act is they're hiding among the gifts that God had given them. They're hiding among the work that he had given them to do. As they run and as they hide among the trees, how often do I hide in the gifts that God has given? How often do I hide among the work that I get to do? How often do we hide and fill in the blank? And it's kind of convicting for me anyway that I'm not so far removed from the decision of those early, those early people who were created in that perfect connection with God. As they choose to separate themselves from one another with the coverings that they make, as they choose to separate themselves or attempt to separate themselves from the presence of their God among the trees in the garden they were there to look after. And so if we recap our story so far, don't worry, it gets a bit more hopeful in a moment. We see that a connected God creates a connected people. And he places them in an environment of connection. He then invites them to extend that connection across the face of the earth. They then choose consumption instead of connection. And through that act, they introduce disconnection in the form of death. It's kind of a pretty hopeless situation. But don't worry. Not one verse goes by. Not one verse goes by until God reveals his hand, until God reveals his intention for that separation. Join me in reading verse 9, Genesis 3, 9. But the Lord God called to the man. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Just those last two verses we read how humanity had made this decision to separate themselves from one another and they were attempting to separate themselves from God. And here we see God, not one verse goes by until he reveals his hand where he steps right into the separation and calls out to the man and the woman who have choicefully separated themselves from him and he says, where are you? He's calling them. We have to remember, God is omnipresent, which means he already knows what has taken place. He already knows what has unfolded, but he speaks anyway so that that separated human beings, that those separated human beings could hear the voice of a father who was stepping into the separation to once again call them back to him. It's a phenomenal picture. Not one verse goes by until God reveals his heart, until he reveals his intention and reinvites humanity as we would see again and again and again and again in our own lives and throughout the narrative of scripture as he calls them back to himself and invites them to re-engage with his intention to extend it across the face of the earth. It's a 
powerful moment. But we know that that decision to consume the fruit wouldn't be without consequence. God made it really clear. He made it abundantly clear. He said, look, if you choose to eat from, if you choose to go against my intention, if you choose to walk away from my desire, it will introduce death. It will introduce disconnection to the story. And so we see that death is introduced to the story. But as I was reading it again this week, it was introduced in a way I wasn't expecting. If you have a Bible in front of you, we don't, we don't have the passage on the screen, but in verse 21, we see the first death that takes place in the garden. And it wasn't that of a man or a woman. It was that of an animal. When God substitutes the man and woman's rebellion and he sacrifices an animal in their place and they are provided with the first leather jackets is pretty much what it is. They're provided with coverings. And what God does in that moment is he is covering their flesh and their bone and that is a picture of a greater covering that was to come. That is a picture of a greater substitution, a greater sacrifice that was to come in the person of Jesus. And it would cover more than flesh and bone. It would cover the sin. It would cover the rebellion. It would cover the decisions that we make day in, day out to turn away from God's intention so that he might be able to once again draw us back to himself. And connection would be reestablished with his people. That's the Jesus we're in the presence of this morning. That's the Jesus we get to introduce to our community. That's the Jesus we get to introduce. The Jesus who has stepped into the separation that we have created, that we have formed. And just as God called out to those first human beings in that garden, God is calling out to us this morning. That's a call I would love us to respond to this morning. And so if you're able, I would love to invite you to stand with me. Jacob, I would love to invite you to come and, and play. So if you're able, why don't you stand? Maybe encourage you just to close your eyes. You don't have to. It just helps me concentrate when, when I close my eyes. <laughs> We're in the presence of a God this morning who has taken the price upon himself to step into the disconnection that we have formed. So God, we just wanna begin by thanking you that God, you're the one who closes the space between us. 
You're the one who has closed the space between us. You are the one who stepped right into our disconnection, who stepped right into our separation. You took it upon yourself. You took the consequences of our decision upon yourself, God, so that we might be once again welcomed back into your presence. So God, we just pause to listen. I feel there's many of us in the room this morning who um, we've maybe been following Jesus for some time, but we've just felt the consequences of, of some of the decisions that we've made in the, in the, I think specifically in the last three to four months where there have been some um, decisions that have been made that have we've, we were aware it was not the intention of God to make those decisions. And right now you're, you've been experiencing the consequences of those decisions. just have this image of God just making his way through this room. Just beginning to call out, where are you? Where are you, my daughter? Where are you, my son? What I love about this reality is that it's God who does the moving. It's God who does the stepping. It's God who does the awakening. We're simply the responders. And so if that's you this morning, why don't you just place your hands out in front of you? And just receive. that call, receive that invitation from God to once again move towards his presence, to once again move towards connection, to once again move towards the intention that he has for your story. He's a God of abundant grace. He is a God of overflowing mercy. He is a God who has taken upon the consequences of, of every sinful decision, of every rebellious decision that we could ever make upon himself. And our response is that, a response. A response to what he has already done. And so Jesus, right now, would you just increase your presence upon my brothers and sisters, God? God, just as we confess the areas of our lives where we have made decisions that have led us away from your intention. Yeah, and maybe you're here this morning and 
As we were talking about the, the Dead Sea, we talked about inlets and outlets. And maybe you're just aware in your life there is no inlet. There is no connection with, with our Creator. And this morning, as you've been hearing this desire of God for connection with Him and connection with one another, that's just been quickening and awakening in your heart and you're just like, I need that. I need that inlet. I need that relationship. You know, this is a relationship that will cost us everything. A relationship that requires us laying down our lives. But if you're here this morning and you would love to respond to that for the first time, we would love to give you an opportunity just to externally acknowledge that by raising your hand. If you are like, yes, I, I want that inlet, I want that connection with my Creator, we would love to just give you an opportunity to engage with that. And so we'll just take a little moment, I encourage you, just to raise your hand, not so I can see it, not so anyone else can see it, but just so that you can externalize what's going on on the inside in this moment. surrender everything on this journey of connection with you and connection with one another God would you lead us to be a people of abundant connection would we be so overwhelmed by the relationship and by the friendship that we have with you God that we might just <laughs> relentlessly extend that in our everyday lives to death the areas in our lives that are withholding us from that. That in your kindness that you would put to death the areas that are leading us away from the fullness of life that you have for us. So that we might be a people of your presence. That we might be a people of your glory. 
how we love you. Thank you for joining us for our podcast today. For more information, resources and opportunities, you can check us out at CosmicCoastVineyard.com.